What's up, friends? Welcome to another episode of the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Paintball, where if you head to drpaintball.com, you can uh, you can actually search all of their new and used gear along with a new program that they have. Uh, it's, I'm it's pretty sure it's called the Trade In Your Gear program. And what they can do is they can give you an estimate on what they can give you for your, cor- uh, your current gear. Or uh, it can be pretty much submitted for trade-in value for new gear. And I, I believe it's a, like a yearly basis thing. Like it's a membership where you can keep, uh, keep doing this uh, month after month if need be or what have you. But uh, if you head to drpaintball.com and you look up at the top menus, there's a trade in your gear, or I believe it's on the main screen uh, as well. You can uh, you can read all the details and everything you need for that. Uh, along with that, if you type in the promo code PLAYON, P-L-A-O-N, you will get a free gift with your purchase. I don't know what the gift is. It's a surprise. So you're just going to have to order and find out. Uh, but... Uh, but very cool people over at Dr. Paintball, very involved in the sport, uh, along with the uh, the trading your gun program or the trading your gear uh, program. Rather, it's uh, they have all kinds of uh, new and used gear, like I said, but also they have a blog. They have a uh, pretty much a news feed for current paintball events. Uh, but check them out, Dr. Paintball. We're also brought to you by Carbon Paintball, where if you haven't seen it yet, go to CarbonPaintball.com. And the new CC line is up. Uh, Pants, gloves, knee pads. Uh, We also have uh, jerseys along with that. We also have the new thermal pods that change color uh, as the temperature rises in the pods. So you know when to chuck that and uh, and grab a new one. But... um, Along with that, we also have the uh, the high-end SC line, which is the the pack with the padded airbag in the back, um, and the ever-so-famous uh, underlayer, the base layer, that has all the protective padding in the top and bottom in the knee pads and elbow area that you would need. I have been wearing them uh, all of last year. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, it does. It's it's not hot. It doesn't. Uh, you know, it doesn't constrict you at all. It's a very, very nice fit. You want it kind of snug, but um, if you type in the promo code, capital T P O P, don't type in capital. That's not a part of it. But uh, T P O P, you will get 10% off your entire order. That's pretty cool. And, and make sure if you guys have any questions at all, uh, to go ahead and email me, Carl at carbonpaintball.com, if your team is interested in the. Uh, the program where we will sponsor your team we will help you guys out we will get you in some of the slickest gear coming out that well i guess that's been out since last year (laughs) so um look check them out carbonpaintball.com and last but not least we are brought to you by planet eclipse who makes the slickest markers on the planet if you don't believe me then look at every Almost uh, everybody at these tournaments, they're all shooting Planet Eclipse markers. That goes a long way. Uh, you know, the customer votes by their dollar. And um, a lot of people shooting Planet Eclipse out there. You know, I, I have shot them ever since I turned pro and so nice. Uh, especially the LV series. You guys have probably heard me. You probably heard me just go on and on and on about the LV series. It's because I it, it backs up, man. It, it, it has 
this whole platform is awesome to me. I, I love the way they shoot. It's like butter. It hardly even kicks. Um, it's ball on ball. Everybody says there's some like drop on the LV. It's called gravity, and every gun does it. They all drop off. I mean, they, they, I think everybody was just looking for a reason not to like this gun because it's so perfect. Um, and I enjoy them thoroughly, but make sure you check them out, planeteclips.com, and they have all kinds of uh, soft goods along, along with casual gear and wear, um, but best known for the markers. Check them out, Planet Eclipse. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, this episode is with John Dresser from PB Nation. And, uh, and, and many other things along with the, you know, the, the evil teams and PMI. A lot of people know him, though, from, from PB Nation. Uh, I have to apologize. The internet connection that I've had for the past, I don't know, two weeks has been frustrating the hell out of me. And this one uh, got a little choppy. So you're just going to have to kind of listen through it. But, um, but and I, I, I hate re-recording podcasts just because it doesn't seem authentic. Um, as of when you originally do it and ask those questions and everything and have that conversation. But um, you're going to have to forgive me on that. But uh, but I hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll see you at the end. I think we ditched ours, man, I want to say three or four years ago. You know? So yeah, we kicked it. We kicked it a while ago. I think it was just the fact that I'm not, I'm not big on sitting down for long periods of time. Besides like doing stuff like this, but so like, well, I have a few shows that I watch, but other than that, I just can't. I'm too like, I don't know. Call it ADD, I guess. Fair enough. Move your head to one side. I want to see what other jerseys you have there. So oh, old excessive. Yeah, this is the. Uh, what's the first. blue? This is the very first excessive one. Uh, that's a New York Energy. Yep, and then um, it's excessive again. So, yeah, that's um. There's a Michael McLaughlin jersey. Okay. A, so, and then I have that X-Ball jersey. Oh, wow. That one's a is USA that... blank one. Okay. Um, I have my very first jersey I ever bought, which is like a uh, – a JT olive green. That doesn't even fit me anymore. That one's like a What's, large. What year? 2003? Okay. Maybe four? Let me see. I gotta, I'll show it to you. You might know from... Uh, man, that's before 2003. That's 2002 maybe? maybe yeah, maybe 2002 actually. Yeah, because three is actually when I got on Tim and Effect. And then... I don't know if you can see. Maybe I'll move you. I can see. I can see Tipman, but it gets too dark in the corner to see. So I have a my aftershock jersey from last year, a Bart Yakimak Impact jersey, a uh, a Cody Smith Dynasty jersey. Oh wow! Uh, two of my uh, my first jersey with my name on the back was the Tipman Effect X when we started playing X Ball, and then my seven man Tipman jersey, and then an Alex Frazier jersey from the uh, the Mohegan Sun smart parts event wow all right and then the micah jersey energy and then all those yeah so i think i might have micah's first pro jersey oh really Uh, it's a it's a sandana flying skulls with no name Ooh. but but it was it was micah's jersey on the ironman nice it's hard to how do you like authenticate something like that without a name i got it from micah 
Well, I mean, there. And, and he said, "That's my first, That was my. There is my that. Iron yeah. Man Pro jersey. And at the time, I didn't even realize like he played on the Ironman when he was sixteen, seventeen, Jeez. and then left and went to school and then came back. Like, I he played with Bobby way back. I've been meaning to get him on here too. Uh, Micah, I, I, even Bob Long. I'd love to talk to Bob Long on here. And then uh, the first jersey I collected that I didn't have, that I didn't own, like didn't really play or didn't have a connection was a Cody Smith dynasty Jersey. Oh really? Yep. Just cause Cody was one of those kids. I was like, you are so much better than any kid deserves to be at 16 years old. Cody was nasty, man. He was, he was unbelievably good. You played with him on Tippin, Did you not? I think he had left the year I'd came on. Okay. I knew you guys were close, like mm-hmm. to playing at the same time, but I wasn't sure how that worked. Yeah, his skill level was so much, so much sharper and and matured. I feel than mine, uh, at, at his age, it was ridiculous. He was, he, he was a natural. Uh, he he was supposed to play with us one year, uh, and got in, and that was when he got invited to Dynasty, mm-hmm. and like he was on the roster and then got invited to go play with Dynasty, and we were just like, no hard feelings, go play. And he was like, <laughs> I can't turn it down. It's like I had a picture of them on my wall. He's like, yeah. I still have a picture of them on my wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I still have a big sign post, JT poster of them. Nice. Yeah. I you know, I was thinking about it too because I I wonder how I wonder if it was Tipman Effect too how uh, Dynasty noticed him, or if he uh, it was it was vicious. Uh, oh yeah yeah. So I I in two thousand three for Commanders Cup. The first when they just lost the vicious name and they were becoming diesel mm-hmm. and the very first game we drew was dynasty and we had danny tiljack we had cody we had drew we had uh paulie was still playing uh roger oh, we, had, we had junior uh steve jr man yeah Ro- uh, did you have roger at the time and we had roger at the time yeah and we beat we beat Dynasty our first game in seven man, uh, oh. and Oliver and at least one other guy, Dynasty guy came and watched every other game we played. Really? Yeah. And then it didn't. And then the uh, it was another year I think before they picked up uh, Cody. I think uh, that, but, I, but I the, the follow. Till Jack. Uh, and he went to Avalanche briefly, and then Dynasty. Gotcha. That and team then was later nasty. Played you. Yeah, I remember watching a few of the vicious, uh, vicious matches. You guys were. What, was that your team? No, not at all. Uh, I played with Evil, mm-hmm. and we didn't play the final event for whatever reason. We were in the hunt for the season, and then ran out of money. Didn't play the fi- the the final seven man. Played ten man instead, uh, and so. I guested with Vicious, and then, like I said, we became Diesel on the spot yeah. because Ed was getting sad about the Vicious name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I remember, man, Danny was nasty back then. Roger Glenn was uh, crazy. I think that's what, honestly, I think that's what made our Avalanche team so good back then was, uh, was Roger and Adam and uh, Danny and Brandon Mayo. And uh, I really enjoyed playing on that team. That was a stunt team. Yeah, that you guys, you guys beat us in like ten seconds one game. 
It was unbelievable. I think I want to say out in Boston or something. And you were on our back line. I was like, what in the actual fuck? <laughs> but we, I don't know what it was. We just couldn't we, – we were good enough. You know what I mean? We were, like, we were good enough to make finals or to make top four, but we were never good enough to really just – to break into that first place. It's, I think a lot of people don't understand just – how much mental tenacity and skill level and what it takes to actually win a pro event. Mm-hmm. Much less repeatedly. Like yeah. Some team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, they make it a lot easier looking than what it is. That's that's for sure. So uh, it's what, one of the reasons I had a lot of faith in Impact coming up because mm-hmm. I watched them play in semi-pro. And I was like, these guys just know how to win. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, their very first one of their very first events was the <laughs> Huntington Beach 7-man. And they were they were basically counting the bodies away from winning their very first pro event. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they shot a bunch of Bob Long's guys off the break and didn't know. <laughs> and uh, Blast ended up ended up holding on to that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, I think it was best of three at the time. Blast pulled out the others. Yeah, yeah, those were <clears throat> those were the days, man. I, I mean, I'd have to say Seven Man is definitely my favorite format for sure. And I mean, even even the waiting, and it was just a part of the game. You you weren't waiting long enough to get frustrated, but you had other things to occupy your time with watching other games. Or but I don't know. It was so just involved. I feel the seven man. I just I don't know. I miss it. I I miss it, but I have I am long since taking any kind of uh, serious competition paintball. Like I. (laughs) I enjoy playing, but man, uh, the the level it takes to compete at that, or the the commitment it takes to compete at that, is way beyond me these days. I think that's the biggest thing is just like you said, commitment, and uh, you know, the, I think that is the biggest. I think that's the biggest gap right now between the top level teams and the lower level teams, as far as professional goes. I mean, you see, and, and I think I've said this before, you you see so many professional sports out there where a lot of them have the money and the backing and it's it's level across the board as far as you know everybody's going to get playing time practice time this and that you know don't have to worry about tickets or money or anything like that it's taken care of just play paintball that's all you have to worry about when a lot of other pro teams out there they don't have that ability or that privilege to do that and i think there's a, a significant difference Obviously, there's teams that have heart that can come up and and play or have a good tournament, but I think consistently, the teams that are going to be consistent are the teams that are well-funded and the teams that play just a lot of paintball as individuals, too. And, I mean, it helps, obviously, when they're as a team and they're playing together the two or three weekends before the event, but... uh, But a lot of the guys on the top teams, man, that's that's all they do. They play paintball all the time. Some of the guys. I, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to say a lot of the guys on the top teams. The Impact guys, Heat guys, it doesn't go much – Russian Legion guys, it doesn't go much deeper than that, does it? Okay, so let's say um, let's say West Coast guys, uh, Southern guys. A lot, n- name the top, let's say, I don't know, top five teams, and are they from the East Coast, Midwest area? I have to say they're all from Texas or California area. I mean, I mean, impact. And that's, 
perfect. It's being able to play year round. Exactly. That there's this big gap where it's this black hole. When's the last time you played outside uh, at home? Uh, last year before World Cup. <laughs> so, yeah, and and you don't even live where it's uh, up in New England or something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I'm and I'm not trying to make excuses for the other teams. I'm just saying a lot of other sports, they are a lot more level as far as uh support goes or ability as a team and just ability to play whatever game you are playing. I mean, you'll have an indoor facility if you're football or soccer, or professional, whatever, you'll have that whatever to facilitate your ability to play that sport. But, I mean, paintball is just, there's such, you know, if, you, if you're not able to play year-round, I think it's very tough to stay uh, competing at the high level, you know, at every single tournament. Fair enough. All right, how do we do this? Feel warmed up? Uh, yeah, well, I've been recording for 12, <laughs> 12, 12 minutes, so it's we can, I just kind of cut it up to where it's like, you know, we... And then I've noticed that from a lot of people too, is what happens is like, I say, Hey, we're recording. And as soon as I say that, it's like, you know, they kind of back off and get a little <laughs> nervous. So if I like record at any kind of random time and we're just kind of talking, it's a sure, lot. I wasn't, I wasn't sure how you like to do your intro or anything like that. So all of my stuff is done, uh, post recording. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's all done after the fact. Um, mainly, like with these, I just like them to be as back and forth as possible as far as conversation goes. <laughs> Not necessarily me asking you a bunch of questions all the time, but no, uh, I, I understand. And it's uh, it, it's been fun to listen to see where you go on some of them, and like I said, how naturally you do it. Uh, when we were talking about how pro teams have an advantage, well, think about how that used to be back in the day when. Uh, people weren't playing air ball when people there weren't indoors when people are playing in the woods mm-hmm. for the longest time the, there was the, the iron triangle the, the top three teams were Ironmen from Southern Cal or from California and but the All-Americans not from Pennsylvania not yeah. where they can practice year-round and aftershock Chicago not where they can practice year-round mm-hmm. and I was always amazed that those two teams could just pick it up and start playing at first event in Vegas or somewhere warm they couldn't have practiced that much no and I wonder would you consider those two teams the All-Americans and Aftershock two of the most highly funded teams at the time yes uh I'm not sure how well funded Aftershock was uh the All-Americans definitely were one of the best funded teams not Um, saying that that would give them an advantage playing wise but i I'm just trying to think of how, I mean, they definitely were able to pick it up just from, you know, not being able to play very much. But for, for years, when I started following professional paintball, those were the only three, team, three teams that won an event. That was it. Yeah. Other teams would make the finals. Sometimes one of them would miss the finals. Occasionally one would even miss Sunday. But one of those three teams won an event. And then finally, I think Bad Company broke the streak that it, the NPPL had been going for years before a team won that wasn't one of those three. And it was Bad Company, and then the very next event, I think, was Chicago and Rage won. Mm-hmm. And then it was back to those three. All, uh, I, all I can think of whenever, whenever I think of Bad Company, I just think of, uh, you know, Colby Gallagher? Of course. 
<laughs> is Colby at Toledo Indoor here in yep. Ohio, and he was he just ravened out from from <laughs> head to toe with with Raven gear and his goggles are Raven. He's rocking a spider, I think like AMG or something. And uh, I was like, man, that's that's goofy looking. <laughs> but and to me, that's Bad Company way later on uh, right. because Bad Company had been through playing with auto mags, playing with shockers. Uh, looking like most other wearing JT stuff. The shoebox uh, shockers. Shoebox shockers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, before they took a, before they took that big spider deal. Mm-hmm. So it was completely different. They were. Uh, I think Tom Cole, like he was probably the most popular team captain. I think everybody tried to get him to come be the team captain of their team. Really? Uh, because he was re- like he could take that his ragtag group, and they were competitive. Uh, and then later on, like I said, it, it was very different when they, t- when they took the spiders, then they had a reason not to be the top team because yeah. they were definitely not using the best equipment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's great. I mean, who, do you know who ran spider or why spider did, is not around anymore? Uh, they, they, they were one of the early adopters of, uh, or of a smaller paint caliber, and so they made a big push for I think it was forty-three caliber. Really, but Kingman eventually was bought out uh, by Empire, who was then bought out by GI. So gotcha. some of the Spider Legacy products might still be around, or they might bring them back at some point. Uh, but Arthur Chang, who ran Kingman, is, is long since out. So, is the uh... The famed Spider Cup, where they gave away those uh, those Mustangs, is that was that fully funded by Spider that tournament? Yeah, that that was fully funded by Blowback Guns. <laughs> they sold that many of them. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that was that was one of the stories when I heard that that uh, I forget who it was. I think it was Greenspan and I think Nikki Cuba and. I, I, it wasn't like Dynasty. It was it was a couple of the Dynasty guys and a few other guys, okay, right? Okay, well, back up. Uh, Nikki Cuba was long since pro, and because uh, he went pro with GZ in the early aught. Uh, yeah. Well, hold on. Let me think. Yeah, he he went pro before Spider Cup for sure with GZ. Uh, the thing about Spider Cup is that it was only amateur players, uh, and that was year. His cap, and so no Oliver. Oliver was on the Ironman. Yes, but Yosh, Ryan, Alex, uh, Eric Crandall might have been playing around that time. Um, but all those guys got were, were still amateurs. It was the year before they became dynasty, so they were all allowed to play. Crazy. That's nuts. It was an amateur tournament, and they were giving away. Five, five Mustangs. Because at the time, Matty, uh, like some of the pros, were real sad. They were like, well, man, if we take a couple of years off from being pro, if they're going to be amateur tournaments like this, we can go rob these amateur tournaments. Because mm-hmm. uh, a, a car was better than winning three pro events. Yeah. Pro events. Uh, and nobody, w- nobody was that consistent. It's better than winning a pro event now. Well, now Hell. pro events... Are, are the the prize package has definitely gone down? I mean, there's no way around it. Significantly. So you that's uh, what ten grand for first place? 
I think 12. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't think that's a tough one. If you, I am not hard on the NXL for only offering 12 grand because honestly, if who else is running pro events? Yeah. I mean, they are the only league. They're, which... they're the only league and, but they're not the only league because, uh, they're, they're the only league because other people don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, that's true. Uh, running a pro league is not a great way to make money, uh, but I'm glad we have it. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean absolutely. You know, I'm I'm grateful that the uh, league is around. I'm just wondering, structurally, is there a way? Because I mean, I'm trying to think of it uh, from the perspective of a team owner, right? So, is it worth it with how much money they spend? Is it worth the risk of not winning to be spending? I feel like close to, if not more, than what you would even win if you won the event. It's why I'm glad we have people like Bart, people like Randy, people that are willing to to run teams. People, uh, I don't know Aftershock's deal, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm glad we have guys like Rennick that want to keep pro paintball around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without individuals like that, I don't think we'd have pro paintball. No, and I think just like, uh, I think I think just like, any other time in a sport, I feel like people come and go. Um, I mean, obviously, they have stuck around all these years, but I, I think we're in at, we're at that time where we need to figure out how to make it to the general public and, and pitchable, almost. It's it's honestly how we got X Ball, because X Ball was developed as a points based system to try and bring paintball to the masses, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure it's worked. I don't think it's any less confusing. I don't think uh, people can watch it that aren't paintball players, that aren't paintball fans already. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's very difficult to watch, especially with Split Deck. Uh, and Split Deck seems to be one of those necessary evils to be able to run that many games, especially now that we're at 20 pro teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not making the decisions and I'm not, you know, a businessman or anything like that. I'm just an observer and a slash player. But, you know, it's it's tough because I feel like so many of the games are crammed in together right now as we speak. I just, yeah, I just don't know how, I mean, we're going to be playing until six, seven o'clock at night where they're going to have to spend more money on lights to keep the fields lit just so we can play the rest of our pro games out. I, I am interested to see how it works out. Uh, I, I don't mind the idea of 20, 20 pro teams. Uh, I wish that with 20 pro teams, we went back to champs and challengers. I, I did not mind that format. I thought that was pretty interesting. I, I watched more paintball that year, more professional level paintball than I'd ever watched before because every game mattered. Exactly. It didn't matter. Uh, every relegation game obviously mattered, but if even a team doing well that dropped a game, all of a sudden, even if they knew they couldn't advance, well, they might want to get their point margin up. They might want have to win their last game just to avoid that relegation game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no... There's no drawback, and I don't know after the you know after the end of last year if there was a threat of being relegated to you know or dropped out of the pro bracket or how exactly that works. Thunder was was relegated and brought back when they expanded to twenty teams. 
Okay. So Thunder was the bo- uh, Seattle Thunder was the bottom ranked pro team, and when I talked to the NXL after World Cup, they told me that Thunder was re- was going to be relegated, and that DMG was going to get promoted. So it was just the bottom team, though. Just the one bottom team. Hmm. Not nearly as as exciting as uh, as teams every single event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think about uh, what do you think about the off season uh, roster changes? The, the late off-season roster changes. It's been nuts. Uh, I, I didn't hear – there was nothing for a long time. Yeah. And then uh, AC Dallas was looking for players, uh, and the Ironmen were looking for players, and it, it, there were rumors of even bigger changes than what actually happened. Hmm. It got me on my toes just kind of waiting for it to drop, uh, especially with, guy, with like guys like Damien. So I, I knew Damien was going – or I was – told Damien was going to go to the Ironman, but I didn't want to say anything because his job's with Valken, right? So yeah. I don't want to jeopardize his living uh, with by doing by rumor mongering. Right. So it's interesting waiting it out and seeing what actually happened and then hearing about other moves that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I am it seems like Ironman's the big winner, right? In the off season On paper. On paper. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can perform at that level. Uh, they they what they dropped meter and picked up Damian, Trevor, and Spica, and, and lost Skimp to uh, and retirement. Lost Skimp. Yep. So it's that's a big switch. Yeah. See how they do. That's uh, but it's not like uh, what what it was infamous ranked. Oh man, I don't know. I think they were uh, second or third tier, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I think they were in the in the second tier, so they're in the top eight, but not, uh, but not in the top four. No, and I think a lot of people are expecting Ironman to be in that top four. I mean, there's always expectations, right? You know, and and everybody goes, oh well, they got this guy. Well, they got this guy, and then uh, you know, well, it all depends on chemistry, and they could have amazing practices. But I mean, just like you know, because you've been playing the sport forever. You can have the most amazing chemistry at practice, and then the tournament comes around, and all chaos can ensue. But you know, or it it all works out perfectly. It's really, you know, it's really comes down to those first couple tournaments to see the momentum if it picks up or not. The biggest switch of all time, obviously, to me, is still Oliver, right? And Oliver coming back to Dynasty and then instantly starting to win events was was incredible and it was a, a good time to to be a fan of paintball yeah uh, just because they won they won multiple events back to back all in a row i think they won a a nppl a psp and, and a millennium mm-hmm. all bang 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 and so uh, like you said it's it's a switch and that was on paper but that was also obviously chemistry yeah and it's all hush hush too it's it's always all hush hush because there's no, no there's no contracts at least publicly there's nobody's you know f- there's no free agents there's no this is all like behind closed doors stuff that because it's not it's not like the NHL or the NFL or anything like that so it's not like well uh, this year you know so and so's a free agent and so and so's a free agent this is their last year on the contract it's always just like it's always who's going where at the end of the year all the time. <laughs> Well, with Oliver, it was known that it was a five-year contract with Die, and he he'd satisfied his five years. Uh, so, so that one was people were anxious waiting. 
he was either going to renew in some way, he was going to come back, yeah. he was going to go to Dynasty, go, going to go to a new team. Uh, uh, and I think that was what, why there was the off-season mayhem with Spica, that I think Spica's contract wasn't up yet, and therefore he wasn't allowed to say anything yet. And that's why uh. it was an open secret that he was going to the Ironmen, he was going to, pl- he was playing with them, he was outfitted in dye gear, mm. but he didn't officially announce it yet. I should be coming to you for all the info because you are like the guy because you are PB Nation. So it's like you're looking for that, you know, information to be put out there. So I just need to get a hold of you if I'm thinking of anything. Give me a second. Yeah, yeah. What's up, buddy? Just these shirts, buddy. Wave to Carl. Hi. Hi, bud. Hi. <laughs> right, you got to stay upstairs, buddy. Okay. Love you. How does he, like, uh, 11, 12? Oh, 11. Uh, he is 8. and 10, he is sh- 8? Oh. Short for 8. It's, it's the camera. The right. screen made him look tall. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good kid. He likes he likes going to the paintball field because, uh, to him, he's a very he's a very calm, very very laid-back kid. Mm-hmm. But around guys, he pants off crazy. Like, he yeah. can do whatever he wants. And so I took him to the field recently, and I was getting dressed – and he was literally standing on the cab of someone's truck with a bag of paint, whipping it at people <laughs> and yelling dance. And so he's, so he's throwing this, these paintballs at a guy yelling, dance, boy. And the guy's like, whoa, you can't call people boy. It's like, that's offensive. And so he throws another one and says, dance, fat boy. Uh, but most of the time, super laid back. Comes out of his shell. <laughs> yeah, my son, uh, he's, he's going to be... He's gonna be two. Let's see in March. Nice. Yeah, growing up. Quick. I lost you for a second there. Uh, yeah, I know yeah, it's it, kind of going in and out, so I'm just kind of going with the flow. <laughs> uh, it, it won't be long before you can take him to the field and and he can hang out a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now he's uh, he's kind of getting into hockey a little bit. He's watching a lot of games with me, so he's uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm turning him into a little hockey fan. So. Nice. Also, there's a lot of things going on very quickly in hockey, so it keeps his attention for the most part. <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, PB Nation and uh, and how it came about. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't there for the start of PB Nation. I PB Nation started in 2000, uh, and it was it was three guys, uh, one of which stuck with it, uh, and Tony basically over Christmas break, started a forum. So he could go back to high school and say, hey, I, I started a paintball forum. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is it crashed once or twice. Uh, so he, he, he literally borrowed his dad's credit card, bought a server. And his dad, Ed, later got involved. Uh, and then over over the years, they'd, they'd accept like a gun for advertising and they'd shoot the gun and someone would take and go play with the gun. They'd be like, Oh no, we have bills to pay. Yeah. So, uh, Ed, Ed bought into the site when it was just exploding and obviously costs were going up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get involved with PB nation in any way, uh, until I want to say 2002 In 2002, I was uh, working at a paintball manufacturer called PMI mm-hmm. who later became, who had the brand evil. Uh, and later became part of Empire uh, or Key. What were you doing for them? 
Uh, I did. I ran the customer service department, did some uh, testing and research and development, uh, but mostly what I did is, is ran all of customer service. Gotcha. Um, and so I had kids that worked for me that answered. Uh, Answer the phone a hundred times a day. Of no, you have to you have to put CO two in the tank. <laughs> it won't work without CO two. Uh, so, I guess I was there, and what we were doing is as part of customer service. As the internet was growing and growing, I told the kids, "I was like, look, I say, I say kids, but twenty year old guys that worked for me. It's like you have to check online each day. Check these twelve forums or twelve places for problems." For th- I don't want to know about some a thread that's hundreds of posts long about yeah. one of our problems later. I want you guys to be on top of it. So every morning they would go check. And as PV Nation grew, they were no longer checking 12 places. They were checking four, two, until it was, all right, if you guys check PV Nation, then, then we're in good shape. Yeah. Uh, and then later on, became involved again when uh, catching a thief. Uh, we had a... Uh, we had a gun go, go missing, and it turned out that that gun uh, was sold on PB Nation, and by use by the PB Nation guys helped us out, and we were able to track out that it was our warehouse manager that was actually stealing. Oh wow! Uh, and so they they were very helpful with that, and that started a relationship with the the mods and administrators with PB Nation, uh, and then I I kept up with them with when I left PMI and went to a small paintball company called Lucky for a year. And then after I worked at Lucky, uh, and that was not going well, uh, PV Nation asked me to come aboard. Hmm. And now your sole, are you sole PV Nation? Uh, I, work, uh, I work for a company called Vertical Scope that owns PV Nation. They actually own uh, hundreds of car forums. Um, and PV Nation is, is a small piece of it. But yes, I, I run PV Nation for Vertical Scope. Gotcha. How much of a pain in the ass is that? <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Uh, like I said, I had that customer service background, mm. and it doesn't. Most of it doesn't bother me. I, I legitimately enjoy it. I have been playing paintball for twenty-five years or something. Holy uh, shit! Yeah, possibly longer. Um, <laughs> yeah, in fact, long, longer now. Uh, I started in nineteen ninety. So wow. some hippie math, uh, and, and I still love. It. I still enjoy every bit of it. So it's not uh, obviously there are people that they get out of control, but but for the most part, I enjoy. It. I enjoy dealing with the manufacturers. I enjoy dealing with the users. I enjoy the community aspect of it. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, as we've evolved a little bit and done a little bit more news style things. Yeah. So. So you've seen the sport, you know pretty much almost in its infancy and just into what it's grown into now and today. Uh, I've gotten to see a lot of it. When I started playing, it was stock class. It was uh, 10 round tubes. It was 12 grams. And in 1990, paintball had evolved beyond that. But my local field did one week a month or one weekend a month that was stock class day. And so it was, they gave you a Splatmaster, an old green Splatmaster as your rental and th- there were no semis allowed on the field. They were all uh, they were all pump action, or you had to cock the gun between each shot. <laughs> no thanks. Uh, maybe that's not why. Maybe that's not why I'm like into auto cockers and everything too. 
I just I just cannot get into the whole <laughs> autococker thing. I, I don't know. It's not. Uh, that's okay. There's there, it's uh, Planet Eclipse has the GMAC coming out. If you want to play play mechanical and don't want to deal with the finicky nature of an autococker, or don't or you don't have any nostalgia for it. Autococker is mm-hmm. well because of nostalgia. If there's no that nostalgia for you, when did you start playing? I started playing in in 2002. Okay, so two, but 2002 was when was a huge change. That was when machine guns took over. Mm-hmm. That in 2001, it wasn't uncommon to see a whole team of autocockers almost. Yeah. 2002, things had changed, and by 2003, it was straight on. You you needed a halo or at very least an egg to keep up. An and, egg. <laughs> oh my god, I remember those and, letters. <laughs> and an intimidator. Or some, or something, or they could shoot fast. Yeah. Uh, the paintball went. Uh, the late '90s, where electronic guns were the rarity, to mm-hmm. 2003, where electronic guns were uh, were necessary for tournament paintball because the, the rate of fire went through the roof. Uh, yeah. None of this, none of this capped either. It was whatever you could get away with. See, I I don't have a problem shooting a Tipman ninety eight with <laughs> with a manual double trigger at all, but for some reason, and I think it's because it's just a tank and it'll always shoot. But for some reason, whenever I have had an autococker, it it could be working when this other guy is shooting it or some other person is shooting it, and then it will be in my hands and it will just fall apart into pieces. It's and it's will all, not work ever. It's all about the trigger pull with with a Tipman. If you pull, you either pull the trigger or you don't. Mm-hmm. So it either shoots or it doesn't. With an autococker, it does a whole lot of different things during that trigger pull. But shooting the ball and recocking the gun are two completely different things. And then letting all the way off the trigger is a third thing. Yeah. If you don't do all three, and the gun doesn't do, or the gun doesn't do all three, then it is very, it's impossible to shoot. And next time you shoot an autococker. Don't just pay attention to pulling the trigger. Pay attention to releasing the trigger, because to me, uh, that's one of the most. That's, that's actually something that a guy named Danny Love said to me. That used to play on Aftershock. Yeah. That he said back then it was auto mags and auto cockers, and he said with the auto mags, pulling the trigger is the most important part, because if you short stroke it, it'll uh, it won't work properly. But with an auto cocker, releasing the trigger is just as important. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to shoot an autococker again, and it, and it and it won't bother me. <laughs> that, that's a shame for somebody on aftershock. I well, you know, it's 2018. I guess we can we can make some kind of changes going forward. There's enough guys on the team that still shoot them, so you know that's it'll override my negligence of autococker ability. So I say Rob Velez probably owns owns one. Who else do yes. you play with? Nick uh, uh, Sloyak, who you you played with last year, owns several. Yes, he's on uh, X Factor now. He is on X Factor now. And Did you see that coming? No. Did you know he was gonna bail? Not really. That was that one was kind of up in the air. I was uh, I talked to him like a week before it happened, and then I saw him at a practice, and then there was like some kind of social media post that happened, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Well, everybody was wearing all these different jerseys, and I didn't know if he was just wearing like a different jersey just to wear I, it. I wasn't sure either, and uh, and it, Rennick actually told me. Rennick's like, yeah, it's real. <sighs> yeah, I try to listen to Bruno, but I, I feel like I can really never, ever believe him, but I try <laughs> to. 
<laughs> and sometimes he's right. Actually, probably most of the times he's right, but he sounds like I can't believe him. So it's like, he's like, no, bro, it's true. It's true, bro. It is. I'm like, I don't know, Bruno. Bruno since 97-ish. Uh, and uh, it was funny. Bruno took uh, Bruno took a break from paintball. He, he'd been gone for a while, and uh, it was a PSP event. Man, I don't, I don't know when. Uh, but the UWL was going on at the same event. Mm. And so I went to the PSP event to try and play a UWL because I'd never played one uh, at the time. And Bruno was there, and Aftershock was putting in a team, and Bob Long's Ironman were putting in a team. I'm like, man, it's a, it's gonna be a hard it's gonna be a hard road to get on and play with the Aftershock guys. Yeah, uh, we butted heads back in the day, and they probably still don't like me for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> Why wouldn't they like you? Uh, stuff and reasons. So <laughs> the the uh, juicy stuff you're leaving out. There's nothing. There's nothing juicy about it. Like we we used to practice each other. There used to be some yellings. Oh, that so, well, happens all the time. Still, that happens all the time. People <laughs> used to take it a little. Uh, honestly, uh, team loyalty back then I think was different. Mm-hmm. That that people were very loyal to their teams. People didn't jump around as much. There were rival rivalries like for oh, sure and way and more back then. Our side uh, aftershock wasn't a pro rivalry. We were an amateur team, but out of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I came to it at, long after that rivalry was set in stone. Um, and I joined, I joined Farside and when we played Aftershock, we made sure to, uh, to make sure that she shoot them enough that they left the field and they made sure to sh- shoot them. <laughs> Return the favor. Uh, and, and I would never took any of it personally. In fact, I was a fan of Aftershock coming up. Mm-hmm. So, but I figured it was going to be a long shot to, to get on. But as it worked out, we needed a player. And UWL was, was a very loose format, so I jumped on uh, with the Aftershock guys. Mm-hmm. And Bruno had been away for a while, and Bruno was like, man, he's like, I wasn't sure I was going to like paintball again. It's been so long since I played. He's like, but I put a mask on. I'm like, man. He's like, I started breathing. I was like, I, he's like, I started feeling it. It's mm-hmm. like, go shoot somebody. We should go shoot the hell out of somebody. It's like, then I stepped on the field. He's like, I was like, I'm back. I'm going to play. I'm going to mess people up. He's like, then I saw you step on the field. And I saw red. He's like, I was going to shoot the shit out of you. It's like, I, I couldn't wait. And then you walked over to our side and I realized you were on our team. And I was like, this is all a effing joke. <laughs> uh, it sounds about right. Yeah, now now Bruno, he doesn't say, I'm back. He says, oh, my back. He says, <laughs> oh, my back. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I still, I've, I'm interested. Uh, since, since I've had to with... Uh, Please. Oh, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say like I've. I've always been interested in playing a UWL. I just never had the chance to yet. Uh, that the the throwback style. Uh, the UWL has evolved a couple times now. The um, uh, UWL is Ultimate Woods Ball League, so it's it's woods only. Uh, and now classic events are coming up where the rate of fire has to be at five point five, or you shoot a mechanical gun. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if the UWL is going to continue. Tom Cole ran the UWL for years, but he's got a lot on his plate now with a second NXL league over in Europe. Yeah. So I don't know if he's going to merge with classic events, if he's just going to table the UWL or what his plan is. So what was the reason, if you know the answer, um, what was the reason for taking over the millennium instead of investing the, the time and the money 
into making this league over here the best it could be. What do you know the reason why they would spread themselves so thin? No, no, I don't. I don't. I'm I'm not privy to those discussions. I just uh, I I don't know. I I know that. I don't have a good answer for that, and I definitely don't have a good answer that wouldn't get me in all sorts of trouble. By... <laughs> That's right. Nobody listens to this podcast anyway, so it's you can. Hey, I'm a fan. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate uh, and, it. And actually, I have a a couple fans that or a couple friends that that listen to it religiously. Really, um, it doesn't who you have on. They're they're all about it. And I think that's testament to you. I think you do very well with this. I think you're you're very natural at it. I think you're you're entertaining at it. I think you're you uh, you keep the conversation going. And I think a lot of people don't know where the conversation is going to go, and so they're interested in whatever direction it takes. I think that's what I like about it too. Is like you know we can talk about whatever. I mean, obviously this is a paintball podcast, but I eventually want it to turn into just a, a you know an, a life in general podcast. Interesting. With 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 you know some uh, you know some bases to go along with it, like you know obviously we have something in common where we've known each other for a long time, but on top of that we play paintball, so it's like we can create conversation from that, you know, and life experiences. Everybody has a story, everybody has an experience, but if you can, and everybody can have a conversation, it's just you have to. If you have something in common in any way, which we all do, we ha- we all have something in common. Whether it be we all take a shit, I mean, because it all everybody does, so everybody has a shit story or something. But I mean, it's it's everybody has something in common, and you can build off of that. That's what I've always tried to do: is you know, is make it as personable as possible, but make it interesting. I mean, I, because I want to know, I truthfully want to know everybody that I have on here their story and and their stories that they've grown up with and, and, and know. So, I mean, I, that's my take on it. So you said we've known each other a while. So I noticed you, I think, I want to say back in your Tipman days. Uh, and then, because you went straight from Tipman to Excessive, didn't you? Uh, yes. Yep. Okay. So when you joined Excessive, uh, Scott Camp joined around the same time, right? Yeah, excessive. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I used to get you guys, you guys confused a little bit, uh, or use you two interchangeably until I just figured out just how ridiculously fast you were, and then it was real easy to figure out. Uh, <laughs> and and then pay, paid a lot more attention because it's it's one of the reasons I've been I've enjoyed uh, watching you come back and play again, is just because of your speed, just because of what you, the risks you were willing to take. It didn't seem like we had that as much in paintball, so it was, it was a little bit of an old school flair of they're going to risk the fast guy going someplace crazy. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, I I enjoy it. You know, sometimes they're not the uh, the smartest moves, but I believe that they're most they're the most daring. And I think uh, you know sometimes the smart paintball is the boring paintball. And for me, not just for the the people on the sidelines, but for me, you know, personally, call me impatient. I don't know. But I, it's, I, I have to be doing something and I have to feel productive, you know, whether it be maybe go some, go to a 50 or a 40 jury or something off the break and just sit for a little bit. I still feel productive. But if I'm in these, I, I, the one thing I cannot stand and it drives me nuts are these games that we have now where they're three, four, two point matches 
it drives me up the wall because I know that that is not going to be uh, that's not going to be interesting to anybody else watching the game for the first time. And but it's not even my style of play too. So that's I mean that's another reason why I don't find it interesting. But it's just I don't know. I, I enjoy. I enjoy being involved in the game and feeling involved in the game of what's happening. So why is paintball slowed down so much? You know, I, why I paintball slowed down so much. Say again. Why is pro paintball slowed down so much? Well, um, from my perspective, I, I think paintball has slowed down a lot more because I think I think it's become a lot more mental. As, as in going back to the old style of play. Um, I feel like when we had full auto markers, when we had all these crazy things coming out, it was it was all about that. And it was all about just the madness of everything happening. And um, and I feel like that's what it was back then, was madness and, and chaos. Now I feel like it's a little bit more controlled chaos and a lot more mental going back to, like let's say, the 10-man days instead of the early X-Ball days. Because... You know, a lot of teams now really don't want to take those risks. They they want to really work as a team down the field, and you see a lot less individual movement and a lot more, you know, moving in twos. And I mean, look at Impact for example, or even the top teams. There, it's there's a lot more teamwork involved. Uh, I, I feel, and the, the, there's a lot more smarter paintball being played. Um, I don't think that's the reason why Aftershock is is not performing. Hell, if we would have won three of the overtime matches last year, we would have played on Sunday three times. So, yep. I mean, it's ridiculously close. It, we and I, a lot of people forget that. I think we had a really good team last year. We were young. We were learning. We were improving. But if we would have won those those three matches to play for Sunday to go to over, it, we would have had uh, so much more you know, positive feedback than people saying, well, you know, it's aftershock and they're, they're always at the bottom. It's like three points and we're playing on Sunday three times and who knows what could have happened after that. So it's, it's very brutal. And I think, I think in that those points are the reason where I think paintball is, is, you know, we probably tried to uh, push a little bit more than what we should have. We played it a little bit too fast and didn't play as smart as we could have. And the other teams played, smarter and slower i guess than we did so i mean i think that's why it's slowed slowed down i think it's just i mean the wall didn't help well, um, the wall's gone, so yeah what's I, I think it's gonna play a lot more like seven man or or five man uh per se my hope is that they don't make the strike the snake too strong if they make the snake either hard to get to or or a little weaker at times then people will get to play through the center. People will still play the snake. People will still play the Doritos. But for for years with X-Ball, the center was unplayable. Mm-hmm. It was you went there late or you went there as a surprise move or or something with the X. And the X obviously changed shape many times uh, and was more or less playable depending on what year. Yeah, it wasn't as safe. Uh, ex- yeah. But then the wall was an overcorrection. The wall was too big. It was too safe to play uh, that either that both teams could easily take the 50. Yeah. So I think that this modular version of the center hopefully will be more uh, will still be attackable, but it won't be a guaranteed trade out 
it'll finally allow, for the first time in X-Ball's history, make the center more playable. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And, I, you know, me as a snake player and, and being a snake player for years, these snakes that I have hated and, I mean, hated with a passion are the, uh, the ladder snakes. I hated the ladder snakes. I, I still do because I think, I mean, you can say, you know, a smart snake player can play any snake, right? And I, I believe that's true. But me personally, I feel like it's more of a challenge to play a snake that's broken up um, and, and segmented off rather than one where you can just, you know, shoot the tape from the corner and crawl all the way down and then you shoot a bunch of guys in the back. That's not fun to me. It, it's, it's not fun to me. Fun to me is having a challenge at every single spot that I would play in the snake. To have a shoot, to have you know, having to shoot a guy in to go to my next spot, and then shoot another guy in, maybe two guys, shoot those two guys in to go to my next spot, and actually feel like I'm not just doing some, you know, something brainless. If that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense, and it's one of the one of the things I wonder about with the with layouts being released early and. Basically, people all over the world, or all at least all over the country, playing the same layout, and then maybe that layout staying after events. I wonder if that if that makes airballs on the stale side. Mm-hmm. I I like playing different layouts. I have definitely uh, been sad when some layouts came out yeah. and been like, oh well, the the snake is almost unplayable. You cannot like a good team cannot get there. Divisional teams will play it, but the pros. We won't even see them near it. Yeah. You know what would be cool was if uh, we didn't have any layouts at the beginning of the year. This is just an idea. No layouts at the beginning of the year, but the person whoever makes them, whoever that is, I think I know who it is though, um, but, uh, but we have, let's say, before each event, let's say every Thursday or Wednesday, even say Wednesday, let's say Wednesday, there's three... Uh, fields that comes out it goes to a public vote of which field is uh is played that event yeah and then the nxl has discussed something like that before and so i would love it to go to blind layouts uh, i would the the fear is is obviously that teams would try and go play it on site or off site immediately uh, i think it's easy enough i think it's easy enough for the nxl just to make, make a rule of of look, it's going to be released on on Thursday or whatever. But no, you you cannot go play it offsite to the pros. Yeah, uh, it would be hard to force past the pros. Uh, and I'd like to see them play blind layouts uh, if for no other reason. Have just gotten out of control, mm-hmm. and it is some of the most boring paintball for me to watch. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think that's that's kind of my predicament right now like talking about the snake for me it's a challenging snake is a methodical snake the segmented snake but for people in the stands i feel like they like seeing a guy just crawl all the way down to the end of the snake and then shoot a couple people in the back but i mean so what'd you think of world cup snake i liked it with that weird death trap at the 50 i thought it was cool i i i i i didn't play it as well as i as i should have actually that (laughs) <laughs> that World Cup was probably my my least you know least best. Oh, what the hell word am I trying to? Forget? 
That was my worst World Cup that I've ever played. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I I did not. I don't know what it was, man. Just nothing clicked, and I I did I didn't feel right. Not that I didn't. I felt sick, or something like that. But I just I wasn't. I've been playing paintball for a long time and playing tournaments for a long time and getting ready to play events or a match for a long time. And it was just not, I don't know. My head wasn't there. My, my body felt, you know, weird, but it was weird. It was a weird event for me. And I I feel like I didn't really produce for my team and I kind of dropped the ball. Sorry, I brought it up. Oh, I'm not worried about it. I'm I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. So, um, have you played the new, the new field bunkers yet? No, no, I have not. I've been watching all the videos. Yeah, we're talking about uh, advantages and off-season advantages. That's X Factor has a, has a field. Uh, it's and and has the weather to play it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know the. Um, I know a lot of the guys over in Chicago. They have a bunch of indoors uh, by them. My closest indoor, I think, is like two and a half hours away, and I just I haven't been able to to get up and play yet. Um, I've just had a lot of family stuff to do and everything. Does, and does your indoor have the field though? If, and well, and it's not, I don't even think it's the the right size and I don't even think they have the right bunkers. No. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's so tough, man. It's just, it's so tough. It, it is. So, so talking about top pro teams, who, who do you think is going to be, uh, who, who's going to be up there this, this next year with uh, the offseason? With the offseason changes, I would say uh, aftershock uh, for one. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I really think that I, I think that we're going to be a sleeper team. And, you know, I I, I want to say that we're going to win an event this year. But if we don't, I feel like placing in the top four a good handful of the events will, you know, and, and getting the team up and going again. Obviously, I want to win an event, but I think we're going to place uh, a few times in the top four. Um, watching that, watching that 2015 World Cup, man, I was expecting 2016 and 2017. I want to see that aftershock again. Yeah. So, oh, it'll be. I hope we make it into that top four. Yeah. To me, even with the changes, Impact's going to be the team to beat still. Yeah. I, they they just won the the Winter Classic, uh, but even before that. All of their guys are returning. Uh, they're they're just so they they attack really well. They can run the clock really well. Mm-hmm. It will be interesting to see if anybody can compete at that level. Uh, Dynasty lost a key player with Spica. They they would have been a challenger. Uh, Heat's bringing the, their whole roster back. Uh, X Factor is a great team, but man, I don't think they beat Impact this last year. I think Impact knocked them out repeatedly. Well, I think Impact, with Impact winning the uh, the Winter Curse paintball tournament, well, X-Factor won the Winter Classic last year, and yep. they didn't, I don't even think they, did they even play for first or second I'm not sure this they, past year? I'm not sure if they made the, the final four. They'd make it to the eight, and then they'd get, they'd get knocked out. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll call it the Winter Curse. We'll see. Maybe we'll that's only one team. That's only once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I think it would have been cool to play. What's up? I think it would have been cool to play uh, if we would have been able to, you know, be funded to go down there and play. But that's not not happening. Um, what? Uh, so it sounds like you're on the impact bandwagon. 
Not not a bandwagon even a little bit. It's a uh, well, it's the truth. They're good. I don't, even, I don't even know many of their guys. It is hard to argue with success. And if I get accused of any oh, yeah. kind of bandwagon, it's definitely got to be Dynasty, just because they've been doing it so long and so well. Yeah. Well, uh, it's fat. It's more facts than it is anything. I mean, it is. It is. It's the proof is in the pudding. So, what's uh? Let's change gears a little bit. What's your favorite marker back there? Uh, well, autocockers clearly. If we're gonna go with nostalgia, uh, what? It's normal in normal like if i'm playing airball uh, it's it's generally a planet eclipse gun it's what i shoot the most um yeah with it's, uh, if it's old nostalgia things um it, it's autocockers uh if it's for these mechanical events i borrowed a gmec and it was all sorts of fun to play dude i shot one at world cup I mean, just with the uh the air diffuser barrel on it and um dude that thing was that with the mechanical frame was super fun to play around with. Like I didn't even, yep, sh- I didn't even a, shoot a paintball out of it, but it was super fun. <laughs> I went and played, we, I put a pickup to get team together and played the five man mounds. Uh, and so, and played with the G Mac on that and, and had a good time. It was, it was all sorts of fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I need to try and get one of those things so I can just dick around with it. That would be fun as a pro tournament to have all the pros shooting those things i uh, i'd be all about it i would be all about seeing uh seeing that uh, thunder repeatedly went and played with sundays off they went and played the the five-man mechanical mm-hmm. and just romper stomped people with enemies <laughs> uh, i think they won every one that they played yeah what um so what do you have back there is that a, a auto mag a uh, uh Three autocockers and an automag. I think you can see three of them, and maybe off to this side you can see the edge of a, an old Splatmaster. Oh, okay. I see it. the barrel tip of it right there. Uh, the with the the Splatmaster is in the frame over this shoulder. Oh, gotcha. Grab those. Is this your is this your official tech room, your or is this your office? It's it's an office. It's an oh, old uh, Evolution autococker. That this was the gun that I liked as a kid. That I wanted as a kid. Uh, the exact one? No, no, no. It's oh. uh, I actually owned a gray one with a black rear block, which was their their standard colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this uh, auto or er, Evolutions were gun were autocockers that were made over in England by a company called Bell Sales. They made Evolutions, and they made, later made the Evo X and the Predator. Gotcha. You know what I? I you know what I miss the sound of is uh, a <laughs> macro line blowing out. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things to miss, it's always, cool. it just happens. It always just happens randomly on a picnic table or something, and everybody's like jumps back, I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's just a macro line. Don't worry about it." Man, since. Uh, <laughs> Since I worked for years dealing with safety issues at, at PMI, uh, not not my favorite thing. And anything blowing up, because we did all sor- sorts of testing. We, we pulled uh, bottles off tanks that were full and Ooh. all sorts of things to just to see where we could make it fail. Because uh, when I started at PMI, the, we didn't have the grooves down, regu- the vertical grooves down regulators. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> uh, 
it was just a bleed hole, and that bleed hole could get potentially even get clogged with Loctite. Yeah. And that was one of the myths in paintball is that Loctite couldn't stop it, stop that much pressure. And that's one of the things we tested one day. Man, I have a I have a story where I had a bottle almost kill me when I first started uh, working at a paintball field. Well, well, bottles are safer now too because at the base of the threads now on on every tank or on every uh, either regulator or, or on every CO2 valve, there's a restrictor now that didn't used to be there in mm. when you when those tanks were made when you worked at a field. Uh, and they've been there in the last 15 years or so, but before that, it was uh, they were scarier. Yeah. Um, and then I think Simon Stevens, whose inception, he was one of the people that came up with the idea of the, of the bleed grooves um, and that, that broke up. So as a, if a, if a valve ever came off a tank, it would vent completely. There was no way to get it all the way off. <coughs> and then the restrictor at the base of the threads would help if it ever broke off. If the, the, the tank and, or the valve ever snapped off the tank. I've had that and happen. Between the two of those, <laughs> it's not a rocket anymore. It's, yeah. I mean, that's definite paintball safety improvements uh, that I got to be there while we were testing and while we were different companies were trying to figure out the, the safest way to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the, the perfect pretty much paintball safety example. Um, I think it was 2000, I think it was 2015, we were playing Ironman, and I go diving into the snake off the break. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> and it just boom just kind of blew out and went up into the bunker in front of me and i at first i didn't know what the hell happened my shoulder hurt more than anything but i was like i kind of got my wits back about me and i'm like oh okay i'm still good i'm still here and uh yeah that was that was interesting but no it's uh that that was that was your first year back right no that was my my first year back was 13 like half of 13 and then I think that was either, that was either no that was 2014 because 2015 I played with X Factor. Yep. So, yeah. So it was 2014. So, uh, but no, I I I, I remember that moment because I remember being proud of you that you got your wits about you, and <laughs> I think you moved up in the snake and drew guns. I jumped into the fifty. Yeah. Yep. And and I was remember thinking, all right, there's an old school guy that knows what he's doing. That he knows he can't shoot anybody, but they don't know that. So he's mm-hmm. going to go be a threat in the way, the one way he can. That yeah. was, it was an entertaining point. Yeah, that was that was a memorable point for sure. And then Rob had a game too. Rob had a point that because I remember he filled in behind me. I, mean, I think he shot a guy yeah. coming to run me oh, down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, man, that was that was super fun. <laughs> That was super fun, dude. I and you know that's the cool thing too with with this whole thing is like you know I'm trying 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 to tell people stories and that's one of the biggest things with paintball is everybody has a paintball story. Everybody's telling each other paintball stories, and you know what better way than to uh, to film it and to put it online. So, well, John, dude, I absolutely appreciate you you know taking your time and sitting down with me. Um, you know where can uh, are you pretty much under the name of PB Nation on everything? Is that is that you as far as following? Uh, we on, for social media, yes, it's on on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. 
but that that is as far as we go with with social media at the moment. Don't have a podcast. That's why I'm glad to see guys like you stepping up. <laughs> That's all right. I can I can help out when you need it. when you need it. Just let me know. <laughs> like I said, I, I I've been, I've enjoyed it. I think you're you do well at it. Uh, and obviously, I like some of the old school jerseys. I'm surprised that's not your Avalanche jersey, though. I know. Well, I think my mom has my my actual Avalanche jersey. <laughs> I haven't taken it from her yet. <laughs> uh, I didn't get I didn't get nostalgic about jerseys. Uh, like I I kept some of my own, but I didn't trade people jerseys. I didn't collect jerseys. It wasn't until a couple years ago. And a couple years ago, a friend uh, I took a friend out to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, at uh, at CPX for Living Legends, and he hadn't played in years, and I was like, "Well, what do you want? What do you want to?" I was like, "I'll bring you whatever you need." He's like, "He's like, I want to look like somebody stepped out of the '90s," and I was like, "Funny enough, I've got an old Farside jersey, I've got uh, an old uh, Rage autococker that mm-hmm. you can shoot," and he's like, "I'm all about it." <laughs> so he had a great time, and afterwards, he's like, "Hey, I got what's your address?" What do you have? Like I got some just some old stuff because he used to work at Paint Magazine. Oh, nice. And I was like, all right. So he sends me a box of jerseys, and he's like, just as a thank you. Yeah. And, I pulled, and it was, Bill. It was a Tom Cole Bad Company, Billy Saransky, uh, Aftershock, Shane Pestana, um, uh, Iron Man jersey, uh, an Opie jersey from when he played on Image. What? Just, just this treasure trove. Holy I just, shit. I had to tell him, I was like, I can't accept these. He's yeah. like, well, what do you, you can't accept them. I was like, you sent me over $1,000 in jerseys. And he's like, really? He's like, <laughs> can you get me an evolution out of them? And I was like, I can easily get you an evolution autococker out of these. And yeah. so, I'm online, but after touching those, it was just like a piece of history. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I wish I had some of these, these old... Uh, just these. I mean, it was a, such an old Shane Pastana jersey. It was an, a JT jersey, back from when the Ironmen were still J, still JT. Wow. Um, and been with Die since what 2002, 2001. So yeah. Uh, but it was like I said, it was just this piece of paintball history. And at the time, I collected uh, some odds and ends on guns and some other things. But mm-hmm. it, it really set my brain into into overdrive that jerseys are, are really a piece of paintball professional history. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool. I mean, I, I don't have a giant collection, you know, I just have, I mean, I've had these for years. I haven't really, I haven't really collected anybody's in a while, but uh, I like the old, I mean, I like the old ones. I think they <laughs> they look cooler. I like, well, the thing is too, I feel like the jerseys now they're so busy with graphics and kind of just, bad. Yeah, and padding. That's another thing. I cannot stand padding and jerseys. I always, whenever I get a jersey with padding in it, I cut it all out because it's just, it's con- for me, it's constricting. Like when I go to switch hands or anything like that, my it's like catching on the chest pad. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Cut it all out and good to go. Uh, I have the a white Tipman Effect jersey like your jersey behind you, but it's a, it's a no-name one. Uh, but I, I just so many pro players came out of Tipman. Mm-hmm. It was nuts that with Fatty going to All Americans, uh, Tim Montressor, uh, Cody, Cody Drew, uh, Trozen, yeah, um, 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of people. I, I that that Tipman even back then was 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 a rec ball such a strong that I don't know if it was recruiting. I don't know if it was the fact that if you can play with a Tipman, then you can play with anything or what it was. But and I love that you guys played X ball with him. Yeah, I mean, I I think it. You know, honestly, I think it's because I enjoyed the game so much um, that it didn't matter. You know, and I'm I'm obviously a competitive person, so I think it didn't really. You can put a banana in my hands, and I'll I'll be I'll go out there. So it's I just love the game that much. Man, so, somebody did that. I want to say on ESPN on a game they threw. They had a banana well, in their hands. Literally had a banana in their hands. <laughs> it was me. Surprise. Oh. Uh, all right, man. Maybe it wasn't. Man, maybe maybe it was just one of the turtles, though. But man, that's that's a wild act. <laughs> yeah, that's that's brave. All right, John, dude, I appreciate it. I'll uh, let you get going, and uh, I will I will talk to you. I'm sure uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you very very soon. It was it was fantastic catching up with you, Carl. Take care, man. All right, take care. See ya. great conversation with the great guy very informative i mean he knows all of the rumors going on i mean just because of you know who he is and what he has to do uh but also he's been around the league for so long and uh you know it's crazy how much paintball that guy has seen and been around so uh you know i i really enjoyed uh picking his brain and uh and having a conversation so another quick thank you to our sponsors, uh, Dr. Paintball. Like I said, make sure you guys check out their Trade in Your Gear program. It's very cool and uh, very, very forward-thinking. I feel with uh, with today's whole, you know, paintball players want to go through their gear all the time. We always want to upgrade. We always want to get the biggest and the best and the newest and the shiniest. So they are accommodating that. Um, make sure you check them out, DrPaintball.com. We are also brought to you by. Uh, carbon paintball like I said they have the new CC line out um, it is cheaper than the CC line but I can guarantee you it's built the same uh, just not all the bells and whistles uh, gloves jerseys pants uh, packs check them out doc- or, doc- <laughs> carbonpaintball.com uh, and if you type in the promo code TPOP capitalized you will get 10% off your entire order and uh, if you or your team is interested in any kind of uh, sponsorships make sure you shoot either uh, the email on the website on uh, carbon paintball or myself a message carl at carbon paintball.com we are also brought to you by planet eclipse and uh, the most famous marker around the lv1 the lv1.5 the lvr the lv did i say the (laughs) 1.5 but i right when I initially saw that thing I had to shoot it and I did and I have been ever since I may have strayed off the track a year or so but uh, I had to try it it's when I believe it's when uh, the 3.5 came out and then I had a CS1 as well but my heart is with the LV platform so I, uh, I can't thank you uh, thank you guys enough um, and I really really appreciate you listening um, you know I, a lot of people just say it I truly mean it and uh, you know I'm glad that you know, people are, are listening to this thing because I feel like it's bringing the paintball community together and, and people can hear these stories 
and people can hear these this not I don't want to call it gossip, but um, just you know banter pretty much back and forth and just good conversation I feel and that's really what I what I want to bring to you guys is is great conversations and great stories and uh, and I just I enjoy it thoroughly and I hope it shows <laughs> through the podcast but uh, but thank you to everybody out there um, and. You can hit me up social media Carl underscore Markowski on Instagram and Carl Microwave Markowski on uh, on Facebook, and um, and yeah, I I enjoy it, and um, I am just going to keep pumping these out as uh, as many as I can. You know, I want to get the most you know influential people on here from the paintball world, from uh, from you know the world in general, and um, you know everybody has a story, and uh, they all need to be told, and they all can be listened to right here on the playing on a podcast thank you guys so much for listening we will uh we'll see you soon peace